0: Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.
1: Yes, indeed. Hey, welcome, everybody, to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. As usual, we're here live, uh, one of us is digging out from snow, the other is uh, just plain cold. And uh, I am the cold one,
0: Les Jackson, the <laughs> snow guy. <laughs> I am the cold one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, Sounds like uh, a Beatles this, song. I am the Cold. Exactly. One.
1: no uh, our,
0: our resident snowman, <laughs> Fred, is... Yeah, we're in the middle of a <laughs> blizzard here, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to stay inside and talk about the automotive industry. Plenty of new mm-hmm. models coming out. We've got a great guest talking about the Bronco Raptor. So uh, a lot to get to, Les, and we're starting this hour with Toyota revealing the all-new Sequoia which is a pretty amazing vehicle. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, cool stuff going on there with Toy- uh, with Toyota. And yep. they're kind of bringing it's, it's... back some of the, uh, the old um, names for the models. So we'll stay tuned for that. Yeah, uh, that's kind of a welcome
1: thing uh, for me. But I anyway, so. uh, for those of you looking for used vehicles, uh, the average price uh, has, uh, oh boy, just exploded, and uh, Kelly Blue Book has just finished a study we're going
0: to uh, quote from it, and it, it's not
1: good news.
0: No, not new, good news at all. We'll talk about okay. that, and uh, then we're also going to talk about this vehicle. It's from Mazda. It is the CX-50. It's an important vehicle for the brand because they feel it could double their sales in the U.S., well, we'll talk about that, won't that's,
1: we? That's big time.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's real big time. And
1: and uh, the big news, or a piece of big news, Ford, as we expected, uh, has put out or is ready to put out the 400-horsepower Go Anywhere Bronco Raptor. Uh, that's uh, race-inspired, uh, off-road everywhere, probably climbs Sheer Cliffs. <laughs> uh, and uh, we have Bronco Marketing Manager Esteban Plaza Jennings on. He's been on before. Sure has. Um, and he's going to fill us in on all the cool stuff.
0: It truly is a go anywhere vehicle. 400 horsepower, yep. as you said. All the good stuff, including things like Fox Shocks and more. Uh, they've really built this thing from the ground up. It is very, very capable. Yeah. Uh, you know they have. They always say about the Bronco, they call it goat. Go anywhere over any terrain, uh, and I think this takes it a step further. <laughs> I, it go really anywhere over any terrain. So, um, yeah, th- that is pretty cool stuff. And uh, yeah, also excited about the Sequoia. We'll t- talk about that and more when we come back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We are just getting started this hour because there is plenty to get to. And mm-hmm. uh, we're glad you're along for the ride. Don't forget to check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com, where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out the YouTube page, and more. Coming up, the new Toyota Sequoia. Stay tuned. Yep. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub, and my co-host, as always, is Les Jackson. We got a lot going on this hour, and we are glad that you are along for the ride with us. We're going to be talking about Toyotas and specifically a really big Toyota, the three-row Sequoia. And what's interesting here, Les, they've uh, kind of kept some heritage in this vehicle while updating it. Uh, This is a 2023 model. They all come with the powerful twin-turbo V6 hybrid i-Force max powertrain that is a hybrid powertrain all yeah. of them come with that pow- hybrid powertrain and uh this thing puts out 437 horsepower 583 pound-feet of torque which is monstrous
1: it uh, is monstrous it's basically uh a,
0: a tundra uh with a beautiful cabin yeah uh, and and an incredible cabin. I mean, Toyota across the board is up their game. It's no longer the stodgy brand, the play it safe, lots of great plastic brand on the inside. Um, they also have a very capable off-road version of this thing, uh, the TRD, uh, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And it, it is uh, quite, quite rugged looking and quite rugged as far as handling the road. Uh, And then you can get a very high-end version called the Capstone, which uh, is extremely luxurious and uh, really over-the-top 22-inch wheels, which is the first for uh, Toyota. Uh, So they're really taking this upscale. But what they've done, Les, uh, is they have included some of the old names, like the SR5, uh, as, right. as the model. I mean, you remember that from a long time ago, don't you? Oh yeah.
1: Uh, that goes back, man, 15, 20 years.
0: Yeah. So they've kind of kept, they've kind of kept this, uh, all in the family per se. Uh, you got 9,000 pounds of towing capability. So, uh, that is uh, a serious. lot of power there. Yep. And, uh, three rows and of course it's loaded with everything you can think of there's five different grades as i said it starts with the sr5 moves up to limited and then you can go beyond that platinum grade uh, trd pro which is the really off-road capable vehicle um that is uh pretty wild when you think about it it's almost it's almost uh You know, would we have seen this in a three-row SUV in the past? I doubt it. But let's face it. It keeps with the trend of a lot of manufacturers uh, putting on really good quality stuff like Fox Shocks and uh, other TRD goodies and making a large SUV that was formerly just a family hauler into a really capable off-roader. We've seen this trend. Uh, from everybody really including true kia subaru and more Mm -hmm. right
1: well that's right um and needless to say it'll haul your kayak Mm -hmm. uh, because you gotta have a kayak (laughs) yes Um, but yeah the fact is uh first toyota is super high quality they you know they they as, as one automotive writer years ago said, uh, they screw them together better than anyone else. <laughs> uh, and, and that's basically true. Um, so, you know, now you've got kind of the best of all worlds. Uh, it's a, it's a, just a, a great, big, useful, versatile vehicle, smooth, uh, quiet, Inside, but it'll just take you and whatever you want with you everywhere.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting about this vehicle, you look at it, it is very trucky. It is very angular, yet sure. it is very luxurious as well. So they've kind of uh, done it all here with the Sequoia. You get all kinds of uh, high end infotainment. There is a, I believe, a 14 inch touchscreen that is available. That's sort of the new wars, Les Jackson. Remember, we used to talk about torque wars. Now it's infotainment wars, isn't it? And Well, that's right. um, And and all kinds of things in there. Uh, Automatic high beams. uh, As I mentioned, 22-inch wheels in the uh, Capstone version, which is their luxurious version, which you can bet is going to be expensive. We don't have pricing information on this yet, but... Uh, that is going to be a big ticket item for sure. Uh, but this is a big li- big uh, addition to their lineup, and I think it's going to do real well for them. So stay tuned yep. to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We will be right back. Les is going to have a story about used car prices, which... <laughs> May shock you if you haven't bought a car in a while. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. We'll be right back with Cruise Control. Stay tuned.
1: Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. And as we promised right before the break, I'm going to cover the uh, average used car price these days. Ka- Kelly Blue Book. Just finished a study. Of course, they publish used car values, so they were their experts on it. Uh huh. That's true. Uh, okay. The the good news, <laughs> if if there's any good news, uh, supplies are picking up.
0: Now, why is that? Why do you think that? Why do you think supplies are picking?
1: Well, up? Uh, they say that the the new car uh, new car supply is picking up. Um, for the most part. Not picking up a lot, but it's picking up. At least it isn't stagnant.
0: Okay. You're getting so, those cars without all the right. features, like right. heated so, seats but, and things y- like that. Yeah,
1: but because of the chips, because of the uh, uh, sell-off from the rental car companies a couple of years ago, uh, used cars are are still in short supply relative to what they used to
0: be. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay. So uh, the average used car is now selling for 28205 which doesn't sound bad.
0: But it's a used car. It's, it's a, a used, used car. car. And
1: I just priced uh, a car yesterday. Okay. And the reason I did is because a year ago, I was toying with the idea of getting rid of my not terribly reliable, although very low mileage Mazda 6. Um, and and going for a Kia Optima. Okay. And at the time, Kia Optimas with less than uh, three to four years old with less than thirty thousand miles were selling for between thirteen and
0: sixteen thousand dollars. All right, doesn't sound bad. You, you want to guess what those same Optimas are selling for now? I would say ten thousand dollars higher. You're just them. about right. Yeah. That's 26, I, 27. That's my rule of thumb. Uh, prices today, if you think about what it was a year ago, I have a friend in Florida that uh, bought a Ford Edge and he had looked at it a year ago and didn't pull the trigger on it. And he waited. Now he needs a car uh, and he had to buy it and he said it was 10 grand more than last year almost to the dollar
1: you're buying a used car
0: and when you buy a used car you're buying really
1: miles per dollar okay uh what's left in it so so what would you know if i bought that optima right tomorrow right uh, for twenty six thousand, um why would i do that Uh, it's I'm, even though it might have thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand on it, I don't have a choice in color. It's it's what it, it is, is. What it
0: is. It is interior, what it
1: is. Uh, which is probably black, and I don't like black interiors. Um, why not just spend the twenty-six or twenty-seven thousand dollars, buy a brand new Accord or Camry mm-hmm. or the equivalent, uh, knowing full well that of that. 26, 27, 28,000, probably 3,000 is added dealer markup because (laughs) of the shortage of new cars. Right. But I would still rather do that and grit my teeth than buy the used car, which I have no choice over. At least the new one, I can,
0: you know, choose. You can choose. You can shop around. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's true. Uh, And people just, I think, limit themselves too much to one model and that's kind of one of the things we like to do on the show there's a lot of models out there you don't as this article from kelly blue book said uh the average price for a new car now is about forty seven thousand dollars very close to fifty you don't have to spend that you can get great vehicles for less than that one we're going to review later uh is a all-wheel drive crossover Uh, That is a hybrid, got 38 miles to the gallon on the highway, and the sticker is 37. So maybe, you know, you might not be able to get it for sticker, or maybe you be able to get it for sticker. You won't be able to deal with it. That's right. But it's still 37,000, which is significantly less than 50.
1: And 24% of the 209 different makes and models you can buy in this country. Are priced at less than thirty thousand.
0: Right. The, um, the problem is forgetting <laughs> about the dealer markup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. Are they marking up things like Accords and that that people really? Absolutely,
1: yes, yes, they are. About about uh, two to three thousand. There's one dealer, uh Toyota dealer in Southern Virginia, that's claiming that he sells everything at MSRP.
0: Right. I I heard that some dealers are doing that, like. That's a deal now to get it at MSRP it's just the price yeah. whatever the sticker says you go with that and 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 go from there. I would drive to Florida for that
1: not because I want to go to Florida but but uh, it, it, even though it's a long trip it's the principle of the thing that I don't have to give an
0: extra right three thousand for to nothing the, to the for nothing no it's just it's just no. pure. Pure waste, for sure. All right. Well, there's that. Then let's go over to Mazda. They have their CX-50. That first one rolled off the assembly line. Uh, And they are, it's a a joint venture between Mazda and Toyota, this vehicle. Uh, It's a $2.3 billion plant where they're building this. And they're hoping to double, Mazda's hoping to double Their sales in the U.S. with this vehicle. Now, uh, what's the standout features of it? Well, it's got a relatively big engine, 2.5-liter turbo engine. It will offer electrified uh, versions in the future. And as you know, Mazda has done a lot with their interiors uh, to um, really upgrade them. The CX-5 was one of the first ones where they really upgraded it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can accomplish those big numbers. Uh, it's quite a big goal, though, to double your U.S. sales. It's a big one goal. Vehicle.
1: Well, but you know what? I think they they figure the association with Toyota and um, and and just the, the what that vehicle is and where it sits in
0: the desire, the sweet spot envelope of right. Americans. Um,
1: right. I think they can.
0: They can probably do it. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it will be interesting. It's called the uh, CX-50. A little confusing on Mazda. There's CX-30s, there's CX-3s, there's a uh, CX-5. Um, of course, this gets the rugged roof carrier and the black wheels, which instantly means you're an off-roader. Yep. But don't tell that <laughs> to our guest uh, who's coming up. <laughs> he is the marketing Uh, person for the Bronco Raptor, among other vehicles. And uh, we're going to talk about this Bronco Raptor because it is, it is, wow. I mean, it's hard to believe you can uh, buy a vehicle like this from the factory. There's nothing you have to do to it and you can go off-roading. That's right. Uh, Esteban Plaza Jennings is going to join us once again. He joined us from the seat of his uh, F-250 last time, let's see if he, he joins That's us right. after the break from his uh, his Ford vehicle. By the way, uh, big news, which we'll talk about a little later on in the show, uh, and that is that uh, Ford has built the 40, 40 millionth... Uh, Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. The 40 millionth F-Series truck. <laughs> Can you believe that? Forty million F yeah. series trucks. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? So uh, mm. we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, so a lot coming up. Um, the Bronco Raptor is probably one of the most capable vehicles ever from the factory. Um, and it looks, it looks like some race team has taken it and modified it and got it ready for the Baja 1000. Yep. But yep. In reality, it was driven off the dealer's lot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they also have done a lot with the chassis. We're going to talk about that really cool stuff. So stay tuned to Cruise Control when we come back. It's all about the Bronco Raptor. We will be right back on Cruise yep. Control. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It's Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We are glad you're along for the ride. Uh, and uh, this is what we're going to be riding in. It is the Ford Bronco Raptor that was revealed, and we have a lot of details on this vehicle. We wanted to get uh, all of them correctly, so we have Bronco Marketing Manager Esteban Plaza Jennings back with us. Hey, this is an amazing vehicle. It is hard to believe that this is a vehicle from the factory, Esteban. It is... It is uh, from Ford Performance, and they have outdone themselves with making this thing
2: able to tackle anything. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Ford Performance team, they they took what they knew from the F-150 Raptor, um, and they applied that to the Bronco Raptor. And the neat thing about Bronco Raptor, though, is that they took it a step further, and the vehicle not only is extremely capable at high speed out in the open desert, but it is a great rock crawler as well. So we're calling it the world's first ultra floor inspired SUV. And we think it really lives up to that, um, given its ability to both operate at high speed and and in the rocks.
1: Um, I'm gonna assume Esteban, since we haven't been in it yet that uh, very similar to the F-150 Raptor, the ride, not not off-road, but the ride on-road is really quite smooth and comfortable.
2: Yeah. I mean, it took, there are quite a few F-150 Raptor components under this vehicle. So it has very similar um, Fox 3.1 um, active shocks. Um, they utilized a lot of similar um, suspension linkages and and beefed up a lot of the, the drivetrain similar to how they've done on F-150 Raptor as well. Well,
0: you're really starting with a, a stout very capable vehicle the Ford Bronco yeah. i mean you can yeah. uh, if you're going to start to build a, an incredible rock crawler street legal rock crawler this is the place to go i mean you look you look at the chassis of this vehicle and what's been done i mean it almost looks like it came out of a off-road race shop
2: yeah so we um definitely wanted to show off all the tech on our chassis so the footage we're looking at right now All the blue painted pieces are unique frame reinforcements and additions that were done for Bronco Raptor and all the yellow painted pieces are unique suspension um, pieces that were developed for Raptor. So everything got um, torn through by Ford Performance um, with the the objective of obviously fitting those standard 37 inch tires, um, but also creating that built wild durability that we have built into every Bronco.
1: How much uh, extra cooling has been d- engineered into this for both the engine and the transmission? Because if you're rock crawling, that's got to be really hard on a transmission.
2: Yeah. So the Ford Performance Team, um, it, this vehicle has a unique three liter um, EcoBoost motor, twin turbocharged V6. And so it's been specifically calibrated and tuned for desert durability. So the Ford Performance Team, They actually, we don't just call it Ultra 4 Inspired. The Ford Performance team actually takes this truck out to Johnson Valley, California, and runs a lot of those same trails that they participate in um, in the Ultra 4 competition racing out there. So um, they have gone through and and done all that testing to support those use cases.
0: Yeah, this is a unique engine, as you said, uh, unique to the Ford Bronco Raptor, 400 plus horsepower, I guess the official Rating will, will come a little bit later, but um, what else has been done to the drivetrain to make it survive the, this way? Les talked a little bit about, had you talk a little bit about the cooling, but what else has been done?
2: Yeah, there's quite a bit on the drivetrain. So the, I mean, the rear axle has been upgraded to a Dana 50 from a Dana 44. Um, it's gone from a 220 millimeter ring gear to a 235 millimeter ring gear. Um, The front axle has been completely beefed up, Um, higher spline count axles, um, upgraded half shafts, um, upgraded knuckles on the half shafts. Um, You know, the Ford Performance team really didn't didn't spare anything. The the, um, steering rack's also been beefed up, has a more powerful um, electric motor on it. And the the casing itself on the steering rack has been beefed up. so there's been quite a bit done to the vehicle to, to support those larger diameter tires. And
1: the frame is stiffer than a standard Bronco? The,
2: the frame has been reinforced to accept all of those pieces. So if you, if you look, right, the, the way the five link rear suspension hooks into the frame is unique because it has long travel um, arms on it. Um, and same with the front suspension. Um, They're much larger A arms than on a standard Bronco, Um, and also the way that the um, front axle um, connects and is supported in the frame has also been beefed up to support the uh, the rock loads um, when the vehicle is under in rock crawling conditions, all the shock loads that the vehicle takes.
1: Wow! You know, uh, guys, Fred uh, and Esteban, I'm I'm sure you'll agree that. looking at that frame and looking at all of those parts and the fact that the engineers at Ford have designed this and put it together and they've done all of the work and I'm sure there's thousands upon thousands of hours in in doing all of that. Uh, And then you look at the TV shows where the you know, the guys are taking uh, aftermarket parts and building these things <laughs> right uh, now, you know, they're they're fine, but there's no way on the face of the earth that that we could buy aftermarket parts and put this together and it's going to be as good, not to mention as reliable as what the engineers at the factory have done. you just—it's like It would be like building our own Saturn V rocket. <laughs> it may take off, but I don't want to be it, in it. it. It might have some vibration problems, yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly some vibration. Um, and by the way, if we're driving this thing, I call shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sitting in the yeah, back.
0: Yeah, That that's a great point. We always talk about that, Esteban, uh, that if you want to build this truck and – it looks like the base price is what, sixty-nine thousand nine ninety-five. If you want to buy a new Bronco and say, Okay, I'm gonna get aftermarket parts and pieces and start working on it and all that, you'd end up spending a lot more than sixty nine thousand and you would probably not get as good a truck as Les mentioned. You just you just can't build it yourself for this price.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough because when you have an OEM engineered solution you can build in a lot of durability into parts that are very difficult to change with in the aftermarket, right? So like I mentioned on the front axle, how the attachment points to the front axle have been reinforced onto the frame, right? That's something that if you wanna upgrade um, in the aftermarket, it's not typically something that can easily be done, right? That's like a cutting welding sort of job. right? So the point that you're making, yeah, I mean, when it comes from the factory this way, um, it's a lot easier for us to make these changes before it gets manufactured than to, to try and do it in your garage.
0: Right, right. Or you'd have to go somewhere and have it fabricated, custom-made pieces. And, yeah. I mean, maybe that's great if you have a TV show and a shop and a welder, but most people are, are probably would try to do it in their driveway. So, yeah. Um,
1: uh, yeah, no. um. Uh, uh, have you been driving this yourself uh, off-road? I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how far this can lean over before you start worrying and, uh, and what do you do if it starts going backwards uh, on a really steep incline? Um, I'm just, you know, I just would like to, to talk to somebody that's encountered those little surprises uh, and what do you do about it?
2: <laughs> well, one of the things that the engineers built into this vehicle is a immense track width. So the the track width we're almost ten inches wider than wow. a base Bronco. Wow. So, and the reason the engineers have done that is because, right, first and foremost, this is an a high speed desert racer. So the track width, the additional track width, makes the vehicle significantly more planted. Um, at speed, both on and off road. Um, so to your question on um, kind of like off camber situations and whatnot, you know, yes, the vehicle is taller than a stock Bronco, but it's also wider, um, so that it feels planted and, and behaves like as such when you're when you're driving it at speed. So um, that's that's one thing that's really great about the vehicle, and kind of an example of how that's been. Um, executed on the vehicle. is So every Bronco Raptor has a standard um, front sway bar disconnect, which is only available on the Badlands series for the original base Bronco. And on base Bronco, you can drive up to 20 miles an hour with the front stay bar disconnected. But on Bronco Raptor, we've actually bumped up that um, automatic re-engagement speed to 50 miles per hour wow. because of the additional track width and the stability that it affords. Wow.
0: Yeah, this is built for racing across the dunes and the desert. That That is great. Well, uh, right. stay
2: with us, Esteban.
0: We're going to have more about the Bronco Raptor when we return on Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back with more of the Ford Bronco Raptor. Stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We're glad you're along for the ride with us. We are talking about a fabulous vehicle, the Bronco Raptor, and it is a lot of street-legal, desert-running fun. Esteban Plaza Jennings is with us. He is the Bronco marketing manager, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the interior right now. Esteban, uh, it's got—they've got some unique options, right?
2: Yeah. So the interior's been um, created uniquely for Raptor as well. So we have three different interior options. Uh, we start off, which is standard, uh, with a marine-grade vinyl and um, washout floor. Then the floors kind of carry over from from the base Bronco, where you can just wash it out with the hose. Um, and then we have two leather options. We have a blue leather option and a black leather option available as well. Um, and they have unique front seats specific to to Raptor that are more contoured to to hug you in place when you're when you're off-roading. So um we're very excited about the new interior options we're able to bring to market
0: yeah i saw something on the in the console where it looks like a little front grill that is in the in the console
2: what's that about yeah so we have that in every bronco actually and so um we can change it out so for our first edition bronco that we had in 21 model year we had a unique placard in there and you can see on bronco raptor we have a unique placard as well so just a fun little, not really Easter egg because it's pretty visible, but fun little thing that we can change out on our vehicles depending on the series. That's fun. It, lo-
0: it looks kind of definitely unique in the uh, in the Bronco Raptor, and I was on. I've only been in the Bronco once and drove it for a very short while, and I think I was enjoying it too much to look down at the console, so <laughs> I didn't notice that it looked like it was something new for for this. But this is this a big uh, big change from the old
1: Broncos uh, of yesteryear, which were basically just a metal box with an engine and uh, stiff suspension. Skinny tires with heavy And and of course, (laughs) I wish I owned 10 of them right now because they're worth a fortune. But Uh, I'd uh, much rather own one of these.
0: What uh, I guess the way to tell it apart from the, and you said before, it's hard to say that word, a base Bronco, because they're all very capable, but from from a, a non-Raptor uh, Bronco is, is what? It's the big fender flares, it's the wider stance. What else?
2: Yeah, so Bronco Raptor has u- a unique hood um, with that power dome kind of insert there. Um, it's got unique fenders and fender flares, like you said. It's got that unique um, grill on the front that says F-O-R-D as well as with the, the running lights in it as well um, mm-hmm. due to its overall width. And then we, we have unique taillights on Bronco Raptor as well. And those taillights were inspired um, by our um, Bronco R race car that raced in Baja. And they actually just use kind of aftermarket cube lights for their taillights. Mm-hmm. And the design studio really loved that. And so they tried to kind of incorporate that um, race, race truck look into the taillights for Bronco Raptor.
0: Yeah, we should say that that those three lights on the grille of both the Bronco Raptor and the F-150 Raptor, they're an actual requirement because the vehicle is wider than normal. And I never knew that. I thought it was just a cool design thing. Like, yeah, like big trucks. They had hmm. extra lights on. It looks cool. They call them chicken lights. Yeah. So apparently because yeah. chickens... In the old days, when they used to haul live chickens, the more lights on the truck, the calmer the chickens were. I don't know why, but that's why they call them chicken lights. But, I mean, there's a real legal reason for them, right?
2: Yeah, there's five across the front, and then we have five red lights across the rear. And uh, we had to get a little creative with Bronco Raptor because um, the federal requirement states that they have to be on a part that is not removable. Okay. And on Bronco, that's kind of difficult, right? Our fenders come off, our doors come off, <laughs> right? And so for the the far outside lights, we put them in the uh, side view mirror, actually. Wow, that's
1: interesting. Yeah, uh, it makes sense that you know it has to be on a part that isn't removable, but that's tough to come up with.
0: I love I love those those interesting uh, design things that you have to do. Apparently, there's a rule also. I didn't know this, but yeah. but. Turn signal lenses—you have to be able to see the lens from a certain angle, uh, yep. from the side, yep. and and it's—I didn't know that. One time, I asked a designer, "Why'd you do that little thing in the tail light? I said, "That's because it's a federal requirement to see it from the side of the vehicle." Uh, yeah,
2: so that's that's also a part of the reason Bronco Raptor has unique tail lamps, is because the 37-inch tire sticks out further than the 35-inch tire. So it wouldn't have met the visibility requirements um, for our base program tail ends.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, it's just so many things that go into building what you kind of think
1: is just something with some options on it. But in fact, it's, it's a completely different vehicle.
0: Yeah. And Esteban, are there going to be any, uh, when people buy this, Just like when they buy a performance car, are there going to be any off-roading Ford performance schools that will go along with it so people can really experience what the Bronco Raptor can do?
2: Yeah, the short answer is there will be, um, and we're going to have more to share on that um, in the future. But we're we're working through that, and we're very excited to tell customers more about that.
1: Yeah, because when can they order one? Uh, that's a good question. Great question.
2: So we are um, reserving the majority of Bronco Raptor production for existing order and reservation holders who have been waiting, you know, since we brought the Bronco back. Um, so if if you want a Bronco Raptor and you have an order of reservation, you should have received an email allowing you to express your interest in potentially getting a Bronco Raptor. So definitely um, click on that if if you fall into that camp. If you do not have an existing order reservation, um, we would recommend that you go talk to your dealer. Um, it's gonna be very limited. I mean, it's only a half model year for 22. Wow. Um, and obviously it's a Ford performance vehicle, so it will be limited production, but the best thing you can do is, is talk to your dealer. I know a lot of them um, have waiting lists uh, for Raptors right now, and, and that would be the best way to, to try and get one. Are
0: these built on a separate so. line? or are they built with the rest of the Broncos?
2: They are built uh, on the same line as Bronco. And there's actually a funny story about that. So the Bronco Raptor has 13 inches of front suspension travel and 14 inches of rear suspension travel, which is basically identical with F-150 Raptor. But there was a pinch point within Michigan Assembly where the vehicle had the suspension completely decompressed Um, and it was too tall to fit through part of the production line. So what the engineers designed was a unique um, mount in the rear axle that allowed them to sort of artificially compress the suspension by an inch um, and shrink the overall height of the vehicle so it could actually pass through the suspension line.
0: You can also do wow. that the production line. You find the biggest guy in the room and you have him sit in the back. That's of it. it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sitting. <laughs> yep. Um, accomplishes the same thing, but I'm sure the engineers had a, a more uh, elegant way of dealing with that. Um, yeah. Are there? Will there be a configurator for this? Will there be other options for this? Uh, uh, some people
2: have asked us about that, and uh, mm-hmm. I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, no, great question. There, there will be options. So like I already went over, there are three interior options. Um, there will be some other standalone options, like a carbon fiber package for the interior, which you can see on the um, B-roll that you guys have been showing. Um, and the configurator is going to launch um, <clears throat> later in the first quarter. Um, so order banks are going to open in March and we're targeting uh, opening the configurator concurrently with the order banks opening.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that is a great way to spend time configuring a vehicle less. I mean, <laughs> it's wonderful. Hey, Esteban, we appreciate it. You just keep having great stuff uh, from Ford, so we appreciate it. We'll have to have you back when you have something else to talk about. Uh, Time for me to say, I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.